Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, Real Presence Live people out there in Real Presence Live land. This is Father Richard Kunst along with Cindy Jennings coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota on the beautiful shores of Lake Superior. We are live from the Stellamaris Academy, St. James Campus. Cindy, good morning. Good morning. How good first you? day morning it's of a school. Good, it's first day of school here, at least yes. in our area. So let's start with a little quick prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, be with us. Send your spirit on us, and sp- send your spirit to our guests, as well as our listeners, that we may be inspired to always serve your will through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Yes, first day of school in Duluth. Yes. Hope. Shout out to all the moms who are, you know, doing Having... something fun for themselves today. Well, I know, and you have a tradition. <laughs> I know that the moms here have a tradition of getting together, and I'm sure after the show you're going to be gathering with them somewhere in yes. an undisclosed location. Correct. Having coffee and coffee cake, probably. Correct, yes. And what are you going to be celebrating? Freedom? Um, maybe. How are your kids leaving the first day of school? How'd that go? It was chaos, but it it was good. I got up at 4.30, so it was at least I had time to have a cup of coffee and make sure everything was in order. Um, But, you know, you can't make the kids do anything quick. So one had to run in and brush his teeth when we were ready to go. Oh, yeah. You always have those stragglers that you got to kind of put in their place. Right, right. I'm screaming and the trash got taken down by a dog last night and there's another dog in it. And I'm screaming in the neighborhood. It looked like a dog just because it wasn't crazy. All right. But it was, you know, enough that it was a little chaotic and I was screaming. So my neighbors probably heard me yelling at my children this morning yeah. but you know well i bet you, you you're not the only parent yelling at kids this morning as probably school not. starts well i think we have bishop felton on the air bishop are you there i am here welcome to real presence live bishop good to have you always great to be with you how's your tuesday morning going my tuesday morning is off to a great start so i just uh have walked into my office after being at our new Catholic high school this morning, and we had a great Aww. gathering and blessing of the first class of Stella Mars Academy Catholic High School. Um, we had a presentation of Bibles and blessings of Bibles, so we were off to a great start uh, at our high school, and as I was just listening in on your great conversations, you know, we're just remembering today in a very special way all families and all schools uh, who are just beginning today. Yeah, it's a, I mean, we're going to uh, be talking to Andrew Hilliker, the president of Stella Mars, later on in the show. Uh, about, But maybe, Bishop, you can just speak a, just a, a little bit about it in regards to how monumental this is for the Diocese of Duluth that maybe listeners outside of our area don't know about. Sure. And so, you know, this has been a dream of so many people for such a long time, um, as we've been able to provide uh, such great Catholic uh, elementary and middle schools. But uh, for a number of years, we've not had a high school. Uh, one of the very few dioceses in the United States not to have a Catholic high school. So, um, you know, for generations, this has been in the mix. And, you know, today we're just celebrating that it's uh, coming to fruition. A lot of dreams 
of parents and grandparents and of students and benefactors. But I think the biggest thing we were celebrating today uh, is that uh, this has been God's dream for us. And so, you know, when God's dreams unfold, it's just such a powerful moment as it is today for us with our new high school. But then we also remember uh, that God's dreams unfold not a minute sooner nor a minute later than God wills it. And so, finally, uh, God has willed this into being, and we're just so happy, and we're celebrating this great monumental moment. We're no longer a diocese who does not have a Catholic high school. Yeah, and God waited for about, what, 50 years to let us have the moment? Right, right, you Mm -hmm. know, and... uh, Along the way, we thought it was the moment, but, you know, I just uh, always remember it's a hard thing uh, to uh, accept, but it, it will happen, but in God's time. So right. now, is, there's just one grade there right now starting? There's out. one grade, yeah, that will be starting, and, and that's the freshman or ninth grade uh, okay. year, and then we'll be adding classes after that, which is a pretty traditional model and way uh, to start things off. But um, it was a great occasion. The students are excited. They... Uh, we're able to take a black uh, felted pen and sign their names on a wall that soon will be covered in the construction, um, but their names will be there as the first class uh, of Stella Mars Academy uh, Catholic High School. And uh, so it's a, it was a great moment for them as well. The first and last time they'll ever be able to right on the walls uh, at exactly, their school. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, that is pretty cool. I wish I could have been there. Weekday Mass takes that away from priests, so to be able to be at an event like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. But, it, it, you know, we, we provide that great service to our parish communities, but there uh, many times are other opportunities that we'd like to be at. But unfortunately, we still have not mastered the... By location, exactly. Well, Bishop, maybe not all of us have. <laughs> so, 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 Bishop, I, re- I read your um, uh, uh, column in the uh, diocesan newspaper about the autumn, and uh, maybe you can speak a little bit about how we as Catholics can face a changing of seasons and how it might affect us in our spirituality and our relationship to God. Yeah, I think that, you know, as we have a change of season, we certainly experience that in a very human way as, as nature around us is changing, whether we like it or not, uh, and bringing forth always a new season. But I think uh, some of us lament, perhaps, that uh, we're letting go of a summer season and entering into autumn. Uh, some of us can be excited by that. Some of us can lament the season that comes right after uh, the autumn season, and some of us are looking even more forward to winter uh, that follows autumn. So we can be all over the place uh, in the change of seasons, and the one thing we know for sure is that we're not going to be able to change that. It's just nature's way. Yet at the same time, um, we acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Lord of all time and the Savior of every season. And so we really uh, have the great opportunity with the change of every season to make it a spiritual exercise. And so it's a wonderful time just to say, oh my gosh, you know, as the seasons are changing around us, um, just let to reflect upon our own lives and where we're at in life. And maybe it's a great opportunity, just like uh, Mother Nature, uh, to look at my own human nature and my spiritual nature, and to say, maybe this is also a great time for me to have a change of heart on some matters and some things, or maybe even a change of attitude. Um, And so it's really a spiritual exercise. God gives us these seasons, a blessing that is given to us that we should never take for granted, but a wonderful time to go through a spiritual exercise, just like nature is changing around me, and there's some things that I need to change in my life as well. Is there anything personally that you change with each season? So is there anything that you do differently once fall hits, or do you keep kind of the same schedule? 
Well, I mean, uh, I think uh, my schedule and um, priest schedules are very much mirroring a family schedule. So you can just feel in a parish, you can just feel in a diocese that as we're moving through August, things began to ramp up as people are beginning to anticipate the unofficial ending of summer, which is the day after Labor Day. And so, you know, it's kind of embracing the moment of a lot more activities, a lot more programs and services, um, and people just begin to settle into um, their autumn routines and kind of reflect upon a great summer, but to know that summer is over and moving on. In my own personal life, you know, I always take the opportunity to say, okay, you know, what, what's happening in my life uh, maybe where I need to change some things and or, you know, sometimes even having a change of attitude towards things. For instance, um, next uh, Saturday I will be leaving for Rome uh, and will be there for 10 days. Well, actually not in Rome, but about 50 minutes outside of Rome uh, for the new bishop's school. So all new bishops uh, need to go to a school uh, that is put on by the Vatican, the Holy See. And uh, so, you know, it's a great opportunity, and yet at the same time, um, I have to change my attitude a little bit in the sense that if they canceled it tomorrow, I would not be unhappy. Um, And yet it's a great opportunity to go to be with uh, brother bishops and to learn how to become a better bishop. What town do they have you in, Bishop? It's a, uh, it's at the, um, uh, I'm just trying to recall, I don't have it in front oh, of me right, you know, right now. Right. Yeah, so it's about 50 miles, you know, outside, or about 50 minutes outside. It's at the Legionnaire Seminary. Oh, okay, okay, all right. So it must be a little weird, because, I mean, normally they would do this more more seasonally, I know, but um, uh, you, you've been a bishop for well over a year now, so to be in, in a new bishop school might be a little interesting. Yeah, and actually there'll be some guys there that have been uh, a bishop for two or three years. So because of COVID, they were not able to um, have this. Um, They chose not to do it online. Um, So they're really trying to make up uh, this fall all three years of new bishops. And and we're not just talking about the United States. We're talking about the whole world um, over a period of time. So some of us were just kind of hoping that that we would be grandfathered and they would move with the, the new class of bishops coming up. But um, Mother Church said, no, uh, we want all the bishops to go through this. So I'll be on a plane on Saturday and be it so. So, so okay, now I know this wasn't what we were necessarily going to talk about, but I am curious, what are some of the things that they're going to go over? I'm sure you must have got some sort of a schedule that uh, is entailed with this new bishops gathering. Yeah, I mean... Uh, each one of the congregations or discasteries will come and they will, you know, discuss with us, you know, what are, you know, their particular office or congregation and, you know, what they do. Um, and, you know, some of the topics, uh, you know, we have a significance and horizons of the Citadel Church. Um, we will be taking a look at um, uh, understanding the change of the epic, uh, the changing times that we presently are in. Um, we will be taking a look at um, the spiritual identity of a bishop and a citadel church. Um, so, you know, very much mirroring kind of where we're at today, uh, management of crisis, um, exercises of leadership. So a variety of topics that will be put on by a lot of archbishops and cardinals um, as they kind of represent their areas and their offices um, within the Holy See. 
But I think the, be- the biggest benefit will be just to be with the other bishops for that period of time and to get to know them even better, because being ordained a bishop for one year, I'm still very much just trying to learn the names of other bishops and, and something about their person, as I'm sure they are with me as well. Well, they're going to be doing it on a language level, obviously. You're going to be in with English. Yeah, so we'll have headsets. There'll be a translator um, that will translate the presentations. Um, It's a pretty aggressive uh, schedule. Um, Some of the first presentations are after Mass and breakfast, and we'll go until 10 o'clock at night. Oh, wow. Um, You know, with uh, some cappuccino breaks, I'm sure, uh, in the in-between, and an opportunity for a holy hour, but... Uh, yeah, so it's pretty it's pretty packed, uh, so it certainly is not a vacation uh, by any means. Mm-hmm. And then we will have the opportunity uh, the last day to be at St. Peter's for a Mass and then to meet the Holy Father. Oh, cool. That would be nice. So how many, do you have any idea how many are going to be on this? Uh, in this you know, I don't. Okay. I have no idea. I haven't seen a list uh, of the folks. I'm a little bit uh, worried, to be honest with you, because I've not really received any materials, so I got these from Bishop Joseph down in St. Paul, Minneapolis. So I'm hoping I'm registered for this thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, and he claims that he got a list, which I did not get. So um, I'm going to get on a plane and place my faith in God that this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, well, the pectoral cross is kind of a key to getting in, I'm suspecting. <laughs> I suspect that as well. So. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that if uh, I show up and I'm not on their list, that they'll make some kind of an accommodation. Right. I'm sure. Um, you know, right before we have our break, I just wanted to get back just a little bit, Bishop, on your your article. One thing that I really appreciated that you wrote is the idea of how the saints accompany us in this whole fall season and the change of seasons. You mentioned right. a, a litany of them, and we've just got a minute before break. Maybe just speak a little bit to that. Well, you know, we're never alone uh, in a change of seasons. And again, uh, Jesus Christ is the Lord of every time and the Savior of every season. So we center ourselves in Him, and it's only in Jesus Christ that we can really have a a change of heart, uh, our heart into His heart. Um, It's only in Him that sometimes we can find the strength to be detached from some things and to embrace uh, the fullness of life that we find in Jesus. But Along the way, we also have a number of saints uh, during that period of time as well. Um, one of the best known, of course, St. Francis of Assisi, but a litany of other saints that are so well known. We have the exaltation of the cross. You know, that day is a special celebration. So we never walk that journey from one season into the next, but we also have the accompaniment of the saints with us, guiding us, leading us, always praying for us. Amen. We're talking to Bishop Daniel Felton of the Diocese of Duluth. We're talking about the changing of seasons, and we'll continue this conversation after this very brief break. Thanks for listening. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. 
I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back. We are indeed speaking of the inspirational. We're talking to Bishop Daniel Felton of the Diocese of Duluth, and we're talking about all things about the fall and the beginning of the school year. And Cindy's got a quick question. Yeah, I'm wondering because I know for me... And maybe many listeners out there, we struggle with change, and I'm, I'm horrible at change. Even the seasons, like I can't deal with it, <laughs> but I get over it in a couple of days. Um, can you maybe go into what is kind of the struggles and what's going on with like new season, new school? Uh, for you know, what is it for families? What's yeah, important for you families? Know, what are you looking at? Yeah, so I, you know, with any change, um, it, there's going to be some part of that that involves dying to something and embracing something. And so I think that's why we're kind of resistant to change. You know, I, I always think of uh, in the summertime, for years, my great-grandfather took us to the uh, circus. And, of course, one of the favorite acts in any circus, and certainly one of mine, you know, was the flying men and women on the trapeze. Um, you know, I was just always astounded as a kid, you know, that you would fly through the air, um, that you would let go of the bar that you had, that you would be suspended in midair, you know, and would have to hope and be confident that there was going to be another bar coming to you that you could grab onto, and it would pull you up. Um, and, and kind of any change in our life is like that. So change in our life is always going to be letting go of something. Um, and so to become detached from that, to let go of that, we have to let go of summer, whether we want to or not, or whatever change that we're making in our life involves a letting go of something. But a lot of times it's going to kind of leave us suspended, kind of hanging in midair, um, and for that not to be a moment of great fear, but we have to have confidence um, that there will be something in life that God gives us, not only of a letting go, but of a grabbing onto. And so there's not only the ending, but in Jesus Christ and in our God and the Holy Spirit, there also will be a new beginning. So that, that's why we as Catholics or Christians are not despair-filled about change, even though it involves dying and death and detaching uh, from something. We are also confident um, that God gives us something to grab onto, 
that pulls us up and lifts us up in a very special way. And we got to keep that in mind uh, as we have that change of heart, as we look at maybe a change of attitude. Um, it's time to hit the reset button, God says. Let's start with a new season. And a lot of times it's just the routines and patterns we get ourselves into that we don't even like. So there's something also not only about letting go, but there's also something about grabbing onto that sense of hope, the ability to hit a reset button with God and to start all over again. I think that would also be true for families. I mean, uh, today um, we're thinking of all of the students in our Catholic schools, but we're also thinking of all students in any school in that we are responsible for the salvation of every soul. Um, But it's hard, you know, this time of the year uh, for families. And so there's a sense of sometimes a a hurt, uh, a letting go, um, but there's also, uh, there can be a sense of hope as well. So uh, I remember as a young priest, uh, as parents would bring their first child to preschool or kindergarten, of course the, the students, the young uh, boy or girl would get to the classroom. It was like Disneyland. So they just would run in and they'd be all part of it. And then I would watch as the parents would go out into the parking lot and they'd be hugging each other and crying, you know, as they're, you know, sending off their first child uh, to school. Um, sometimes that can be the last student in school. Um, that all of a sudden, you know, somebody's a senior, uh, he or she is your last child going through uh, school as such, and that can also be a moment, you know, that is difficult. Um, for some of us, uh, it might be sending a child off to, to college, or maybe all of the kids are out of the house and we're empty nesters, and so we're letting go of something. You know, there's a part of us that is uh, dying, but we also believe in Jesus Christ, that there's also always going to be a rising and a new life as well. So families can be our sense of hurt, but also in God, uh, families can also be our sense of hope. Yeah, I was at the uh, front door here of the school this morning as kids were coming in, and I saw a lot of deer-in-the-headlight looks. Right. (laughs) Especially these kids that have never been here before. It's like, oh, no, what am I in for the end of summer? Yeah, and and we pray today for students who... You know, families have moved, they're walking into a school where they don't know anybody, and as frightening as that can be, the potential there for them to meet other students their age, uh, for families to get to know other families at the school, you know, it's not only a sense of our hurt, but that's also why Catholic schools and you know, can be also for us a source of our hope as well, as well as all schools. And I think right here in, if I, I don't know the exact number, but I think that we have more more than 100 new families at Stella Mars Academy here in Duluth this year. Right. And so, so we have wow. seen growth uh, at almost all of our, our schools. Uh, some of the schools have a waiting list, which is always difficult because we want everybody uh, to be able to have the experience. Um, but at the same time, we're very blessed here and our Catholic schools are very strong here. And that's a great, I mean, that's a great shift from what we used to be. I mean, I've been in the Catholic schools for a while, and we've always been fighting, you know, the, the numbers of game, but now the numbers are going up. And so it's, it is a blessing that we are seeing right now. Yep, and I think that's for many reasons. Uh, for us as the Church, this is good because our schools also need to be kind of reimagined as being schools of discipleship. So, you know, we want our students, when they leave our schools, to be closer to Jesus Christ than when they came to know that they're beloved sons and daughters of the Father, and to be filled filled with the zeal in their hearts of the Holy Spirit uh, to go out into the world and to want to align the world with the gospel, but also uh, to bring others closer to Jesus as well. So our our schools are not only schools of academics, but even more so uh, they're schools of discipleship. 
Another thing that's going on in the life of uh, the diocese here, Bishop, is the follow-up to what we were doing more in the springtime, and that's that less, Let's Listen sessions. You made a reference to it already a little bit. Maybe you can speak a little bit about how uh, you know that process is continuing forward in, in the local church in Duluth and what's going to come next with that. Yeah, so we, we've been able to, uh, you know, there were, there were over a thousand people that participated in uh, our Let's Listen sessions, and they were responding to two very simple questions. You know what's give, what what is hurting and need of healing in my personal life, family life, within my parish, within my community in which I live, and the second question, you know, what is healthy and giving me hope in my personal life, family, uh, within our parish and within the communities in which we live. So, so we did some general trending on that, but we've been able to do a deeper dive, and you know, some of the things are not going to be a surprise to us. Um, but they're also helping us to understand uh, more clearly, you know, what's hurting and need of healing, what's healthy and giving hope. Um, and as I mentioned to you before, um, families were right up at the top of the list, and we shouldn't be surprised by that, that they're our source of hurt um, and families that are in need of healing in so many ways. Um, and yet at the same time, the same surveys, the same answering to the question, you know, said, but I also find in my family uh, that there are healthy things and things that give me hope as well. Um, in terms of hurting um, and in need of healing, um, a lot of things also around personal issues of addiction, of homelessness, of um, poor health, and so a lot of things in our personal lives that are happening um, that are hurting and need of healing, but also pointing uh, that there can be resources that are available to us in the communities that we live within the parish where we dwell, and are walking with each other as disciples that address those hurts and those pains, and that, that brings healing, and that gives me hope as well. So we've done a deeper dive to begin to get a better understanding of those hurts and those hopes. Um, and uh, thank you to uh, Dr. Olson at the uh, College of St. Scholastica. He is helping us with this. This is his area. And, in fact, he, we're going to take the data from... Uh, the over 1,000 participants, and his class this fall in statistic analysis will do the eight-foot uh, in the pool dive uh, into the data, and will even be able to give us more information so we'll know how best to respond um, in the Holy Spirit. How do we bring healing to hurts, and how do we strengthen hope and, and make us healthy? I know that you had uh, earlier been talking about the uh, um, possibility of a pastoral letter as a result of this. Is that something that you're still looking at? at right? Yeah, it is. You know, I, I would like to have a pastoral letter um, that just kind of sets out a mission and a vision uh, in response uh, to the Let's Listen. And yet what we're really trying to call is not uh, find out is not what is my uh, mission and vision. We're really trying to discern what is the mission and vision that the Holy Spirit has in mind for us. And so even the listening sessions, we were only not only listening to one another, but we were in sincerely and intentionally trying to listen to the Holy Spirit speaking to us and through us uh, to one another as well. Bishop, in your conversations with other bishops about this, has it been, in, at least in our area or in our region, has, it, has the response been fairly similar? Because I know each diocese had something similar going on. They might have called it something different. Yeah, I think that, that each... Uh, the, the general themes that are surfacing, at least in the state of Minnesota and in the Midwest, uh, that we see some similarity in those themes. 
of what's hurting in need of healing, what's healthy and giving us hope. Um, but there can't, you know, so probably 80% of that would be shared to this region or this state. But then each diocese kind of has its own um, particular emphasis. So in our diocese, you know, I think just uh, we went through a lot of challenges the last four or five years um, with bankruptcy and listing of priests who had abused, with not having a bishop for 18 months, um, a lot of things uh, that we've been challenged by. So I would say a distinctive quality in our own diocese here of Duluth would be that, you know, there's, there's a lot of healing that makes, needs to take place at a lot of different levels in personal life, family life, uh, the life of our parishes, our diocese, and the communities in which we live. So I would imagine that the pastoral letter will be addressed. That would be one aspect that my uh, pastoral letter would be trying to articulate what the Holy Spirit is calling us to as the consoler, um, as the salve of God's healing power in our life. Bishop, we have one minute left. Any uh, any parting thoughts in regards to how we go on through this season of change? Well, I just would say... Uh, just to kind of keep that in the back of your head, um, all of us, myself included, you know, if we're hitting a reset button, what is it that we're trying to reset by a changing of season? So it affords us the opportunity. There might also be a need for reconciliation, which does the same thing. Um, and maybe part of our change of heart and our change of attitude is to take in the sacrament of reconciliation, which also allows us to hit the, the reset button. But just to be reflecting upon this great opportunity that we have not only the beginning of a new school year, but also the beginning of a new season. It's a time for us to start all over again, not so much with what I need to do, what I want to do, but being open every season to what God wants to do uh, for me and in and through me uh, for others. So take a look at the change of seasons and treat it as a beautiful spiritual exercise that God has given to us. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you for Thank joining you. us on Real Presence Live, and have a good rest of your day. You as well. Blessings, right. and, and uh, I'm so appreciative of the opportunity to be with you and for the great services that you provide uh, on the radio. Thank you, Bishop. God bless. Yep. All right, after this very brief break, we'll come back with your opportunity to ask questions about anything to do with our Catholic faith. Right after this break. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 